This is Hope FM. Uh, completely. It was a little while ago that I interviewed a, a gentleman and his wife. And at that time, they were setting up a, a brand new ministry in, in Bournemouth called uh, Town Pastors. Uh, his name is Gary McDermott, and he joins me now. Good morning, Gary. Good morning, Blair. Thank you for having me. Well, a lot of water has passed onto the bridge uh, since you and I last spoke when we were down in our old studios at the, at the YMCA. And... Uh, I'm going to grill you about that today. Is that okay? <laughs> that's absolutely that's absolutely fine. But Gary, let's let's start off with your your faith journey. Um, how, how did you know, you come first of all to put your your faith in in Christ? In the early uh, in the early eighties, Chris and I were living in the village um, just outside Cambridge called Bar Hill, and uh, I was lapsed. I'd lapsed in my faith, and we had children at the time, and we just. Chris went to a meeting at the school and it was just the headmaster who said I'm not going to tell you what my faith is but you as parents have a responsibility for teaching your children and a Christian upbringing and not me and that's set a spark off in our life and we to cut a long story short we ended up attending this local ecumenical project and um, had a very great time it was uh, it was a multi-faith organization it was uh, we were Qua- we were Quakers and Baptists and URC and Church of England and it was just a good time that we had in this particular village, and we were led by two inspiring men. One is now the uh, with CPAS, and another one is the uh, Bishop of Carlisle, so we had some good teaching at that time. And I suppose it was unique as well, really, because being brought up in that sort of ecumenical environment where you, you have so many tra- traditions coming together, but yet one in Christ, that must have been really quite uh, challenging, but yet exciting as well. Yes, it, yes, it was, and... and um, we were also in partnership with the Roman Catholics as well, but they obviously had their mass on the Saturday night, so it, it was a true ecumenical project. It was the first one set up, uh, so it was literally one building. There was multi-faith, and we had different um, preachers coming and different people talking to us, and it was really good. Now, of course, before you came to, to Bournemouth, you'd already established street pastors in, in, in Cambridge. But, but even before you did that, what, what was your, your main focus? What did, what did you do? Have you always been involved in, in full-time Christian ministry? Absolutely not. I, was, uh, I worked for Philips, a Dutch electronics company, for 20-odd years, mainly as a, a project manager and, and installing closed-circuit uh, security systems in in various parts of the UK. So my background is security, and I'd, I've always been active in the church in different things. So when we were in Barhill, we embarked upon raising money for the youth. Uh, so we did the we did the Three Peaks Challenge, which was really good fun, and we managed to raise in those days uh, four and a half thousand pounds for the youth of our village. Which is fantastic. So what was it then that brought about the seed change after, you know, I mean, I hate the word secular, if you know what I mean, because, it, you, you know, we're Christians and believers wherever we are, you know, uh, uh, and so on. But what was it that, that led you then to, to switch your focus to establish, you know, the uh, particularly street pastors? Right. Well, street pastors is a national organization and Cambridge was just like a, a franchise of it. So I, it had already been set up. So I was working in a job I didn't particularly high pressure job doing installations in supermarkets and it was the hours were long and it was stressful because the challenges they gave you and I had the opportunity uh, to work for Bournemouth sorry for Cambridge Street Passers in a part-time role as a director so I was able to give up full-time work and basically work for them for two days a week and that gave me the impetus to actually go around and represent them and talk about them 
and and give presentations and just basically think this is a good thing to do. Now, if I ask you, what what is at the heart of of street pastor or town pastors, uh, you know, um, ministry? You mean you commented there that it was it's obviously was nationally as established, but but why was it established? What what's at the heart of it? It basically was established through uh, a gentleman called Les Isaac, and he was looking at um, in Jamaica there was a lot of, a lot of knife crime, and he, he came back to England and said there's a lot of knife crime. And we're trying to set up an initiative in London to basically trying to get knives off the streets and it just really just snowball for them. And somebody said, well, if you're out there trying to rec- try and reconcile people to give up n- knife crime and to hand in knives to them because they're an independent organisation, why not actually start something better? And it just really just snowballed from there that these initiatives have now been set up all over the UK and in Europe and in parts of the world as well. This is Hope FM. And my very special guest is Gary uh, McDermott, who uh, established locally, well, the actual project, of course, is a national project, but Gary, both in Cambridge and down here in Bournemouth, uh, established uh, the... uh, town pastors uh, work now there you were in Cambridge but you were you were to cut your teeth there I reckon and then the big move to Bournemouth uh, but why of all the places that you could have gone in the world uh, Gary why why Bournemouth we visited Bournemouth on a number of times on holiday and we'd always thought wouldn't it be nice to move here and then there was a an issue with our, our daughter unfortunately was ill and she's since recovered which we thank God for that and we just thought it should be us getting ill and not her and we thought why not actually finally make the move somewhere and we we, we settled upon Bournemouth. So down you came did, did did you know anybody here did you have friends or family or any any local connection? No. We always we always say when we when we give talks about what we did we knew we knew two people one, one is we knew God and we knew he wouldn't let us down and we knew our our uh, estate agent we knew we had no family friends or any connections at all with Bournemouth, so it's a really fresh start for us. And of course, that can be a scary but also faith-filled experience, can't it? Because when you step out like that, when you don't really, well, obviously you had an idea of what you wanted to do in terms of vision, but but it was the how and the the mechanics, and not to mention, of course, I suppose the finance uh, as well. Where did you begin? Uh, we just started to network ourselves. We knew there was. Uh, We'd heard of a couple of people doing things down here, and uh, after we'd moved down here, we connected them, and they were able to put us in contact with other people, and the doors began to open. And uh, it was we, we, we we're the sort of couple that, as we had no history, we could ask these embarrassing questions like, "Why people say we can't do it like that down here?" And we go, "Well, why why can't we do it?" So we were slowly went around just getting networks, and then we had the backing of local churches and Bournemouth Council as it was then and also Dorset Police, they all endorsed us that if we started it they would support us in what we were trying to do and achieve. Now that was, that. Well, your first patrol goes way back to, to 2017 doesn't it? Yes, September 2017 was the first patrol out. Can you remember that day? Uh, yes, yes. We, we, we had most of our, our volunteers came out and it was a gentle walk around the town centre um, just to introduce ourselves to people and we've just gradually grown from there that we, 
we've we've been dealing with people now certainly in some of the venues from when we first started some of the door staff they've become quite close friends of ours on a on a business point of view not a personal friendship but at least we're able to get around and introduce ourselves and just take it very very quietly and very steadily just establishing ourselves in in the town centre well of course trust is something that can't be commanded it has to be one and i suppose in the early days that you were in many different ways establishing trust and exposing the heart uh, of what you want to do in terms of your of your vision was that sometimes a wee bit difficult no 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 i mean in the times that we've been going we you know some people don't want to talk to us that's quite right that's within their rights and we had an incident a while ago with somebody that was shouting, verbally shouting at us, but generally people are very responsive and very respectful of what we try and do. People are interested because we have a uniform and uh, it has Bournemouth Town Passers on there and the fish is in the logo. So people will come up and ask us what, what, we're, what we're all about. And the first thing we say to them, we, are, we don't deny we're Christians. We're quite proud to say that. But we don't preach and we don't give out Bibles. And I think that's what people expect from Christians on the street. They will have this a full full thing going on that they've got to repent and we just just generally generally talk to people and people are interested in why we're doing it and what do we get out of it and how much do we get paid and when we say we don't and then say you must be mad dealing with people like us up until four o'clock in the morning we just say we're here showing the practical love of jesus if he was here he'd be out here with us and we feel he is with us anyway when we're out there and, and I guess that that you know, if going out on a regular basis, then I guess that people wouldn't get used to you, particularly if you're going to the same venues and the same places. You 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 pretty much know where people were hanging out, and and uh, and they obviously obviously would get used to you. And I guess that must also form that basis from which you can you know win trust and begin to work. Y- yes, indeed. But we are amazed sometimes when we're out. We've we've gone up roads. We've we've not planned to go up and we end up going up a road or one of the side streets and we've the times we found people in a distressed state or because they've got separated from friends or they're lost or they're drunk and we just say we know who's taken us here and it wasn't us it's we've just been a feeling we need to go down these particular roads we've got to say also that we are linked with the cctv center so we do have a two-way radio which is linked to the the town watch so all the pubs and clubs and venues no, we're out. We sign in. We sign out. If we, they want us, they will call us. If we see anything, we'll call it in for put, so CCTV can put our put their cameras on it and respond accordingly. And in the time we've been going, uh, we've only called the ambulance four times. When we've generally met somebody we can't actually deal with, we've had to call it through to the ambulance. So by being there and helping people recover, we're, we're saving resource very scarce resource in COVID about actually having to send ambulances out to people in most cases that are just drunk and by being able to revive them and give them water and spend time with them because the emergency services haven't got the time because of how stressed they are and stretched but we have got the time to help people revive and maybe reconnect with friends. This is Hope FM. Now, obviously you, you, you have a team of volunteers now uh, that helped you, and indeed you've got a number of, of different folk who are supporting you, both in the local authority and churches and, uh, and so on. Um, uh, is there a training programme, you know, in terms of people joining with you and, and uh, making sure that they're equipped and obviously that, that both they and the people they work with are safe? 
Abs- absolutely. I mean, what we do, anybody that shows an interest, what we do, first of all, is invite them to come out. We have a, we sit down and have a, a when you can do, have a coffee with them, just to describe what we do. And then we invite them to come out for a, for an evening just to see what it's really like, because you can describe what it's like but until somebody steps outside the door of, uh, of our venue, which is in St. Peter's Church. We, we can't describe it. So we, we invite people to come out. And if they're then interested, we then go on to take references two references, one from their church leader, and then we embark upon a training programme. So to start with, you have to, before you are commissioned, um, you have to do a training programme of four modules. Uh, we have a number of modules. One is what we call uh, rules and regulations, or basically the do's and don'ts, and safeguarding, which Chris and I or deliver. And then we have another number of modules that if we it's drug, mainly in drug and alcohol or mental health or anything like that. So minimum of four modules, you're then commissioned, uh, a very short service, and then we on, training is then ongoing. Now, you, you passed over there uh, about, you know, the, the you very quickly said that sometimes you, you find yourself going down roads and so on. I guess that there's been no better way to build confidence in your volunteers than almost pretty much the Holy Spirit to direct you and, and you know, something you don't plan. Have your volunteers, I mean, you've had that experience uh, on a fairly regular basis where you feel guided and, and, and then you discover that, that where you're guided to, there's there are people with very real need. Is that experience borne out by the, the volunteers as well? Uh, y- yes. I mean, we they, they will go down places, they think, why we're going down, and suddenly they'll, they'll come across an incident or something, and they, we know, I mean, we do hold a lot of store by prayer. We do, when we, when we can, we do have a prayer pastor back at our base, so we can actually call into them and say, could you pray for this situation or for that? And uh, we always have prayer and scripture before we go out. So we, the, the whole evening is underpinned by, pe- by prayer. And we always, uh, at the end, we're always thankful for what God has shown us and where he's taken us on that particular evening. Now, the, the training that you do, and you talked about the do's and don'ts. Uh, what, I mean, obviously, we won't go through all of them. But what are the main, what are the main characteristics uh, that you look for? And what are the definite don'ts, you know, uh, I mean, we're very careful. Our patrols are always uh, mixed gender, so it's always men and women, and generally men will deal with men and women can deal with women for, for obvious reasons. And it's mainly the thing is to keep try and keep yourself safe because our most important commodity is our volunteers. Without them, this ministry would not exist. So we have to be... We are very mindful of our... Our, our team taking care of themselves. So if you're in a conversation with somebody, you'd make sure another pastor... Is in it within earshot, so nothing can be said or suggested. Or so it was all. I won't say it's quite it's witness, but there's there's uh, safeguarding of our own people takes place. Now, sometimes, of course, and I suppose I, you know, I've had this experience myself in the past, where uh, people are, are very zealous and and they want to preach. You know, they want to they they want to share the gospel and so on, and it can end up, you know, uh, in, in a sort of preaching thing rather than beginning with a building relationship. Now, you've you've stressed that that obviously the main focus of this isn't to do street preaching it's actually to be making contact but is that something that you, you've you've had to address within your training program mm, um, not not really generally we if if somebody we're dealing with or we did, say one of their friends is talking to us and they want to know what we do we've, we we had an incident before trying to remember which lockdown so it's probably before this lockdown when we we're out one night 
and this man uh, just wanted to tell us about why he didn't believe and one of our volunteers who actually was a, a, a student from Moreland was able to give a very good account of it and the, the man walked away and very, feeling very happy so if people give you permission to talk to them or, or, or pray with them we've had people who occasionally have said could you pray for me and could you pray for me now and we're quite happy to do so but it's it's uh, we're more at, we we show it more with our with our actions on how we deal with people and we are very respectful if people don't want to talk to us about uh, any faith matters or anything else they don't now you, you're doing you've been doing this obviously now for quite quite a while uh, you know and there must be sort of the same uh, issues that arise i mean i guess that drugs and alcohol in terms of of problems uh, must be sort of way way up there what are the what are the the main things that you're encountering uh, on the streets it's interesting compared to cambridge there are people who have suffered excesses of alcohol but there's not that many people being ill which is strange because in cambridge it's, we seem to be dealing with that most nights we were out um we do see drugs and we do do drug and alcohol training so people are aware of what what effects that, that can have on people but a lot of times we see people who feel suicidal feel very lonely and they just want want to talk to people we met a, a lad one night who was basically felt very suicidal he was doing a, a, a degree in, in at, at bournemouth university he'd been separated from his friends and he just felt his life was totally worthless and we just happened to talk to him uh, and just spend time with him and he's, he came back later and said to us thank you very much i do feel better saying that though we we've only ever dealt with the same person maybe twice in the four years that we've been going we don't generally see the same people again so do you know why do you think that is that you're you're seeing different ones um well cynic in me says they see us and they run away <laughs> or the fact is that or the fact is that um, um, people perhaps have learned from us dealing with them. We do, do give out leaflets, which is top, tin, top tips for a good night out, the do's and don'ts. Uh, and I think people do do actually take notice, or a lot of people we do meet are, are, are visitors to Bournemouth are down here, maybe for a football game or for a, a stag or a hen weekend, and they've, they've departed, and hopefully they'll take something back of the positive positive side of Bournemouth and it is a quite a positive side. Mm. I don't know whether you saw the programme on television last night about, uh, it was Roman Kemp uh, who presents radio for uh, Capital Radio and he did a programme about suicide in Young Men and it was it was really quite uh, I, I find it really quite a moving programme, he himself had, uh, had suffers, had suffered from from mental health issues but his, his best friend and producer uh, out of the blue, uh, committed suicide. Just a young man, and the program was actually dealing with a very, very high, uh, through the roof, uh, numbers of young men who are actually committing suicide. You, uh, this question is really prompted by what you just said, really about that young man at university. Have you been finding uh, that you've been you've been having contact with more young men who have th- those sort of self worth, mental health challenges? It's interesting you say that. Generally, the people we've dealt with in that particular circumstance are generally men. And what we've allowed our, through the training program we've done, we've, we obviously get trained by uh, 
Mike Oates, who's the chaplain at, at St Anne's, who's a very, very good to give us an overview on mental health. But we're also uh, established a link with Dorset Mind, who've run suicide awareness training for us. So we've been able to actually have an overview. And it was the Dorset Mind thing was generally brought about by them dealing with people within the nighttime economy because it's an, people are working odd hours and their sleep patterns get changed and etc etc so they felt they could offer a service and they were very very helpful for running a course with us and in fact it was the last course we had before the just after the first lockdown so you trying to remember when things happened so we do but what as i said what we are able to do when we meet people in those situations is spend the time talking to them and we're we're not a part of a uniformed organisation. We're not the police or the ambulance or anything like that. We're just people who are prepared to spend the time talking to them and hopefully we can make them feel a lot better about themselves. And that's all we can do. And I suppose with their permission, you can refer them into some other some of the other support services. Yeah, in, indeed. Yeah, I mean we could refer people up to. Uh, I know the hours have changed up to the uh, the retreat at Hanneman House if people can, can get up there if they know where it is uh, so we can refer them to there but and it's interesting with talk about um, young people we were, we've had a relationship with uh, re- residential life services at Bournemouth University and they've been able to put our leaflets around and we've been able to talk to them all their uh, the managers of all the student blocks about what help we can do so we we are spreading out there to try and raise awareness about people who are struggling i mean i think the thing is with with particularly students it's a you either join in or you don't and there's no sort of um alternative so you've either got to join in the party or you're left alone in your blocks and you can feel very very isolated and very alone so we try and do the best we can yeah and I, that's I su- all we can do and i suppose as as men um, we're not that brilliant at sharing our feelings are we and and uh, one of the things that this program was was um was emphasizing was the actually the importance of what you guys are doing the importance of of, sh- of both sharing how you feel if you're going through that sort of stuff yourself but obviously it needs people who have who have big ears to to listen and also you know the the ability to to give practical help if if that is needed you know yeah i mean i think i mean somebody said to me a while ago that men men are, are like onions you peel one layer away and there's still more to get through and then most people never get in the soul of a man because we, we don't like talking about our feelings yeah what was that book was it um, um was it women are from venus and men from mars not that i've ever read the book but uh, but yeah we are very very different species in that sense you're listening to community now on hope fm with keith jones bookshop serving the community for over 50 years visit keithjones.co.uk and my very special guest today is Gary McDermott. We've been talking about the work of the Bournemouth uh, Town Pastors. Uh, so, Gary, uh, we're we're on the cusp of uh, of opening up again, and and they say that Bournemouth is going to be inundated uh, with people coming from all over the country as they do their staycations. Uh, many of them uh, in in this region. I know that you have been involved in providing support for things like the Air Festival, which of course is happening again next year. Lots of other events. Have you? Have you been uh, called to, to p- prepare for the onslaught? Uh, no, not yet. But we've, we've, Chris and I are talking. We've, we've, obviously, we'll, we'll start patrolling again in May when the indoor pubs will open. And obviously, we can't wait until 
June the 21st until the nightclubs are open, which then Bournemouth will be really, really buzzing. I mean, from the, about the 22nd of May, I think it is roughly that week, the first weekend, I think Bournemouth will be, will be, will be buzzing again. Yeah, and I suppose it's going to be an interesting time, isn't it? Because not only will there be numbers, but I mean, obviously, it's going to be difficult for many people because so many people have been, you know, lost their, their jobs and so many other challenges. And, and of course, we we did talk briefly there about mental health issues rising uh, as well. So, so I, if ever there was there was a need, and there's an un, 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 undisputed need for your work, but it's going to be heightened, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. I mean, it, I think people. I think people got to get to the art of talking to people again and acting responsibly because obviously lockdown has been difficult for, for, a lot, for a lot of people in lots of different ways and it's just a case of getting into the social social way of dealing with things again. In terms of funding, this is something I didn't ask you, but how, how do you pay for 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 your work? Uh, well, all 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 the people that. They're volunteers, and Chris and I volunteer. So when we first started, we we had no money at all, and um, we'd uh, we'd committed um, eight hundred and four pounds of our own money to buy uniforms because obviously everybody needs to have a uniform and look pro- look properly attired. Just don't want to be looking out like a like in your own clothes. We wanted to stand out, so we 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 committed the money, and then Chris had applied for. Uh, AFC Bournemouth through their charity fund and unbeknown to us up rolled a letter from them saying they, they'd awarded us for £800 so uh, we knew then that, uh, that God was in the ministry we'd spent £804 and we got £800 back and it's been like that all the way along we've not been short of money not been short of people offering one of the venues gives us water another venue gives us flip-flops because we've had flip-flops for people who may have walking around in, in bare feet it's Protects their, sh- their sh- protects their feet from being cut on broken glass or anything else that may be on the road, and it allows them to walk around the town sensibly because the town is is up up and down hills, and it's quite a tiring place to walk around. So, we've always been rewarded with with money, with offers of help, offers of assistance. Uh, St Peter's Church through Ian Terry, they give us the crypt, so we have a base, a permanent base, in Bournemouth Town Centre when we're patrolling, so we have somewhere to go back to 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 have a rest, to have a pray, to have a tea break and at the time when it was we were going full-time we also had pizzas from one of the uh, uh, restaurants in the town gave us two free pizzas on a Saturday night so we were able to have pizzas when we went for a break which is quite civilized so we've we know God is in the in it by actually by awarding us money and giving us money to actually um, carry on and we ask of our volunteers the only thing it costs Two things that cost them is time and getting to our base. All the training, all the uniforms, all the DBS checks, we pay for it with the money that's been donated. So it's a their only commitment, not their only commitment, their commitment is time and getting to the venue. Everything else, we cover it. Well, I mean, obviously, it's it's encouraging as well because it's, I mean, obviously, God is supporting that work, but, but of course, God does it through people, doesn't he, very often, and, 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 and that's also encouraging because those folk are recognising the value of, of, of what you and your team are doing, and that must be a, a real source of encouragement for you and the team. Yes, it is. The fact that we've, there's not, we're there to front-facing but there's all these people behind us giving us whatever support that they can and we're most grateful for that
So going forward, what what is your greatest need and, and, and your vision as we embark on this new day of, of things op- opening up? Well, our, our, our vision is to, to, to carry on. We, we are always short of volunteers. Uh, we, we've, we've only cancelled, I think, one patrol due to illness on the night because we couldn't have a full team out. So we've, we've managed to keep going that way. Our desire is to do a Friday night, and with with our collaboration, we've now started with Morelands. We've we started to do Friday nights, just to compare what Friday nights and Saturday nights were like. And our long-term aim, when we first started, was to actually run a drop-in centre uh, in the town centre. So basically, people would take their friends to to recover, to wait for taxis, to wait for family to come and collect them, and somewhere to to wait in the warm because warms, even though the temperatures don't get a lot below freezing when that wind comes off the sea it is Bournemouth gets bitter and the other thing we've noticed compared to Cambridge it rains <laughs> it, does not, it doesn't half rain so it's, uh, the desire would be to run it like a drop-in centre uh, sim- sim- <coughs> excuse me similar to the safe bus which is based on um, Horseshoe Common but we see this as complementing it and not competing with it so it would be another part of the town where somewhere around the square or somewhere like that but it, it needs volunteers and that's the that's the desire we have is for more people to catch the vision uh, that's why we invite people to come out if you come out you're either going to catch the vision or you're not and we respect people who've been out with us and said it's not for me at least they've given it a try Yes, and I suppose with with BCP now you you got that broader area because obviously your original focus was on was on Bournemouth. Are you, are you finding calls now for 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 Christchurch and indeed f- uh, for Poole to be joining in with what you're doing as well? Well, there is, there is an initiative in 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 Poole which was started by a lady called Jackie Leswell. Uh, so there there is there is Poole Town Pastor, but they patrol at different times of the day. And there's nothing we believe yet in Christchurch. We would we would offer our help to them if they wanted to start with there. And mm. and but, but, but Bournemouth Town Centre itself is is huge to patrol. I mean, I forgot to mention that we go as far as the Triangle, but more bus give us free travel on a Saturday night to go from Lansdowne up to the Triangle because to walk it, it's, it's you know you're probably wasting 20 minutes, half an hour. So by having free travel, we can get around the town quite quickly. For more inspirational interviews, podcasts and Hope FM best bits, visit hopefm.com forward slash listen again.